Hello and welcome back. This is part two of our discussion on Movie Gals. Welcome to Gals Guide to the Galaxy. Your host, Lisa Leo, leads a roundtable in the universe to discuss women in music, literature, science, and more. Warning, time travel is possible. Now we're going to talk about nine female-centered movie destinations. Some of these are museums, and uh, they're they're all really quite exciting. Um, we want to let's talk about if money or distance weren't a factor, which location we would most like to go to see if if we haven't been there yet. Uh, Leah, you want to go first? Oh yeah, mine's Studio Ghibli, like hands down. Um, like I, yes, I want to go to Japan. I love everything Studio Ghibli. I love these characters. Uh, yeah, no, that's what it would be for me. Be there in a heartbeat. Have you been to any of these locations? Um, no, actually, my husband and daughter have been to the Lucille Ball Museum. And they loved it. Oh, cool. Um, and they highly recommend it. But I personally um, had not gone. Um, but I, I did go to see Alice's sign <laughs> in Fort Lee, yeah. New Jersey. So that one's yeah. not on the list. <laughs> for By the grocery for store in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not a go-to Aww. destination. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe, what which place would you love so, to go to? Maybe this is just an excuse to travel, but I'd definitely be going to Greece out of all of these places. Um yeah, mm. for that's listed under Mamma Mia. Um yes. I I had mixed feelings about the movie when I saw it, but zero mixed feelings about the location of that movie. That was beautiful <laughs> and I mean, I loved just I would love to see where they actually filmed it and see what kind of tricky camera movements they'd have to make because of all the like the rooftops and different kinds of things and mm-hmm. Hollywood crews are huge so it's hard to it's hard for me to imagine a Hollywood crew in an actual Greek town like that so that would be fun to see. Yeah. Have you have you been to any of these locations? No. Okay. How about you, Rebecca? So I'm going to have like an unpopular opinion, I guess, because I, I honestly, I'm not most, I'm not really a movie tourism person. Um, I think it's one of those things like if I happen to be in Atlanta, I'd probably go to the Margaret Mitchell Museum or if I happen to be in one of these other places. Um, Mm -hmm. But then as I was thinking about this, like getting ready for this podcast, I did remember, oh, wait, I have seen several movie tourism things. So it could just be that I've seen so much movie stuff right. over the like, because I just I end up doing it any like I. So that was like I kind of mentioned Coppola. Well, I last a couple of years ago, I was at the Coppola Winery in Napa and yes. we didn't go to Napa to see the Coppola Winery. But when I realized it was there, I was like, we got to go. And there's all this like awesome Coppola movie it's like a the Coppola like I don't know fan like threw up in there and all this like the car from Tucker and like the <laughs> dress and the clothes yeah exactly and like the clothes from um, Dracula and then oh. when we were in San Francisco I think it was like must have been like the next day or within that same at least in that same trip 
we couldn't find any restaurants that were open. We were wandering around the financial district. That just happened to be where like we just ended up. And then we ended up at Cafe Zoetrope, which is his yes. um the building. I've been there. Sorry, he... yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome. Like it's like a restaurant, it's really good. You kind of feel like you're a little like in one of those like Italian cafes in the Godfather. And then like it turns out he in that building he wrote, edited our sound mix, um, several movies and like I think starting with like Godfather Two or something. And so it's just very so I so I so I say I'm not a movie tourism person, but I think it's just more like I enjoy movie memorabilia, but it's more like if I already happen to be in the place and there happens to be a movie related something um, like same with I saw the um, Stanley Kubrick exhibit at the L.A. County Museum of Art a few years back. Right. And I've and then like even like the Wizard of Oz Museum sounds really cool or Judy Garland or whichever one it is. But I remember like the old I don't know if anyone in this group even knows or remembers this. Maybe maybe Leah the old Hollywood bar and film works used to have like yes. a ton of wizard of Oz stuff mm-hmm. like posters. Oh, I remember that place. Yeah. 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 And it was like Munchkins. half and half. It was like wizard of Oz was on one side and what was on the other side, but I'm with you. Yeah. And like they had like the munchkins would come or like a couple of the surviving munchkins would come to screenings of the wizard of Oz. So I feel like maybe I've just been spoiled because I've seen so much movie stuff over the years that I, I love it, but I don't know that I'd trip you know plan a trip around it if that makes sense yeah that makes sense yeah that makes sense Fair and enough. I, w- I was so focused on the question like where have we been on that list i forgot um my my grandparents took me to california and so i got to tour paramount and um warner brothers so i got to see some oh, wow. awesome. uh some studios i got to be on the big bang theory studio and then um not while they were filming but just to see it and um some really cool costumes and um some sketches from some see, animated uh, movies what was it lucille balls yeah um, i saw uh, her porch daycare yeah her daycare her porch so oh, yeah her cool. front door i was like like they didn't let us touch the front door but i could have it was it was pretty awesome <laughs> i was just like oh so wow and then i was trying Wait, to look up on the internet touch it <laughs> i was trying to look up on the internet like if they mentioned that Lucille Ball started a daycare, but they mentioned it on the tour. There was, like, she started a daycare in Paramount, so that was cool. Um, so, yeah, so I got to see all that. So that was really super awesome. Um, and my, I have a friend who's a makeup special effects artist in Hollywood, and he let me tour his studio. So I got to see, like, this animatronic gorilla that he made and some... Ooh. cool prosthetics and monsters that he's made and stuff like that so gee i i think that actually sounds better than <laughs> the choices on the list I mean, <laughs> the private <laughs> tours always are. those are all like no. those are all curated museums <laughs> that aren't like from an original place necessarily i mean you were like right in the yeah. heart of it that's no it was awesome. really it was really cool to see and it was it was fun to like you walk the streets of the studio and it's literally just built houses so that you can film it at different angles for looking to to appear um, that you're at a different place. Or they showed us this, um, this door, I think it was at Paramount, where it was um, these two door frames. They were exactly the same. They looked exactly the same, except for one was larger than the other by like a foot and a half. So that... And that was in case, like, um, like a woman was taller than a man and they wanted to, like, trick the eye of the door frame 
or the opposite where the the man wasn't tall enough so they put him in the shorter door frame to make him appear taller and then it, it was wow. just it was crazy i'm like oh all right that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> smoke and mirrors smoke and yep mirrors. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> well i can say i have not been to any of these locations and Right off the bat, I was thinking I would love to see the Oz Museum. Oh. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Or the Lucy Desi Museum. I was wondering because if you could I'm go a, Lucy Desi. You would love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Lucille Ball fan. Um, but I'm also really fascinated with seeing like actual props. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally, yeah. Like that, I mean, I, I love to just stare at them and be like, like if I saw... Dorothy's ruby slippers I would be the creeper like her feet were in those shoes that's so crazy she danced yeah she danced on the yellow brick road in these this is so amazing but I also have to say I'm kind of cutting myself short because if we're we're talking if money or distance weren't a factor I would just go to totally yeah exactly (laughs) I don't I don't even care I do not care about the movie set uh, for Mamma Mia I would just be like well I'm just kidding yeah I'm like I'll just go to Greece and then conveniently not visit the (laughs) sets the end (laughs) you had me at Greece and then we're done right yeah (laughs) Like, money's not a problem. You got it. We're all basically. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Are there any uh, sets, props, costumes, anything anywhere from any movie that any of you would love to see that isn't necessarily in one of these museums or locations, but just something from any film that you really love that you would just love to be able to see it in person? I do actually have one and it's it's quite silly and it's also quite I guess personal but it's not personal I don't know that's not the right word for it it'll make sense once I start talking about it okay so having a name like Leah and having it be very similar to a certain princess name Leia uh (laughs) there is a story that Carrie Fisher is very famous for telling which is she was not allowed to wear underwear in the very first Star Wars movie because her white gown was see-through when the lights were on and George Lucas believed there was no underwear in space and I just really want to see this white gown in person (laughs) To see if that is at all true. Because <laughs> it's always been that, you know, that I've heard so many different princess, you know, Leia jokes throughout my life. Uh, but the the underwear joke, there is no underwear in space. That one. <laughs> I like I was, it. I was waiting nice. for you to say like a baseball from A League of Their Own. That would be really oh. cool. But I feel like that could be faked real easily. Like totally. any baseball. Like this is a bit. Sure it is. <laughs> did did anyone win bingo this round? Oh, oh man. Yeah. There it is. No, Rebecca just won it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, mine is a little s- silly, not in the same way. But um, so one of my favorite movies to watch on a rainy day is Twister. So I would want to see Dorothy as in the thing that they throw into the twister. I would want to see that. Like the one that I... The tin can? The tin can. Yeah. The thing that they throw into the (laughs) twister. They named her Dorothy. I'd want to just touch it and then be like, Bill Paxton used this to track down tornadoes. Well, not really. But I mean, he tried. (laughs) He pretended to do this. (laughs) 
<laughs> nice. Yeah, that's probably what I would go for. <laughs> and then my my mm. my real answer would probably be something from Labyrinth. And I Ooh, I say that because I remember yeah. a couple of years ago there was some there was like an exhibit. Uh, I don't know, maybe it was maybe it was even somewhere. Maybe it's even more recent than a couple of years ago. But there was just like an exhibit. I think of Jim Henson stuff, mm-hmm. Muppet mm-hmm. stuff, yep. and that included a couple things from Labyrinth. And I was like, that'd be so cool. Even if it was just like the cape or the balls that he juggles or whatever yeah um but then like i was saying earlier like i feel like i've I've already seen so much movie memorabilia that one of my favorite stories that i this is has actually kind of a recent uh weird connection Mm um when i went to the kubrick exhibit a few years ago they had the axe well they had several things from his movies but they had like a lot of stuff from the shining which is one of my favorite movies to watch on any day (laughs) and they had um the a- like a couple axes that were used as props and the typewriter and i i must have there must have been a story in one of my law school classes where the professor mentioned it was like a hypothetical but it was very similar to the shinings you know backstory and i sent him pictures of the axe and i just saw him a couple weeks ago he's like hey i still use those that picture of the axes that you sent me in my powerpoint slides and i was like oh. really like i totally forgot about that but um, he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, I don't he's like, I used to give you credit for it, but I don't think anybody there knows who you are anymore. because It's been so long <laughs> since you graduated. Still but give like, credit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like a picture I took on nice. my phone, probably. And I think it's even like if anyone ever goes through my Facebook pictures, it's like every once in a while I use like a picture of something from that exhibit as like a profile picture or whatever. But um, yeah, I definitely have some kind of like weird creepy tastes and movies i guess but yeah those are Own my, it. Uh, don't worry about it it's <laughs> yeah. you <laughs> yeah and i wish they were more like feminist in nature like i don't they know don't i can't even be. think no, of an idea don't. that would be i wish yeah. actually yeah. i wish my taste was closer to yours because i wish i liked the whole foreign film stuff more and i liked horror more and stuff like that and i'm just like i'm i'm i feel like like people look at me like, oh, you're a filmmaker and you like superhero movies. Like you're weird. You should be liking these other things. I'm like, okay, just whatever. <laughs> That's why there's so many different movies out there. Everybody gets to pick their yeah. favorite. It's whatever speaks yeah. to them, exactly. yep. and it can change yep. tomorrow. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, my my choices aren't anything super gal centered either. Um. I was thinking, while I love to look at the actual props that you can see on display in these museums, I would, if I could pick anything, even if it's completely impossible because things are gone, Mm -hmm. I would love to go onto the set of Back to the Future Part 2 when they're in the town (laughs) in the future. Yeah. because that's that's just one of my favorite movies because I've always been obsessed with like what will the future be like like what do people think it's going to be like and I thought it would just be so cool to just get to like walk around the town in the future setting um and also similarly um Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory and I'm talking the Gene Wilder one not the of course not the the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp that one doesn't count sorry folks it's okay um I would just love to like go into the factory and I don't even care if the candy and stuff is real or not just to be able to like walk around the set because I think coming from an actor's perspective sometimes all you need is to just walk onto the set and you feel completely immersed and you can just settle right into your character you got stuff to bounce off of 
Yeah. Yes. And and there's something about just walking onto a really great set where you just feel like you're all right, I'm there. I know I know who I am. I I know my character and I love that and I I'm like those two in particular stand out to me because anytime I watch those movies, I'm just like, oh, I wish I was there. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be in that place right now. So I like that. Yeah. That is <laughs> that is very good. And one of these days we'll have a conversation of what does that mean for green screen actors when they have nothing to react off of? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, we're getting close. Right. right. We're getting yeah. closer every day. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, moving on, we're now going to do some deep space exploration. And this is where we're going to get into some real nitty gritty annoyances or grievances, if you will. Our first stop is an article from the Los Angeles Times, which is titled, Some Stereotyped Women's Film Roles We'd Like to Do Away With. And this is a commentary piece written by Katie Walsh, and she lists some candidates for cliched roles we'd like to put out to pasture. Mm-hmm. So the five listed include the long-suffering wife, also known as the wife on the phone in a panic (laughs) mode, (laughs) the sexual conquest to help that dude get his mojo back, also known as the manic pixie dream girl, Mm -hmm. also the cold careerist. She just doesn't have the time, ladies. She just doesn't. Um, (laughs) The rape victim who inspires action. And the plucky child girl. (laughs) What was that? The rape victim one just drives me nuts. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. we're, we're almost I'm there, sorry. I'm so we're sorry. gonna get right into it. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. I'm I am glad that you are ready to go. Um and the, the yeah, the last one is the plucky girl child who helps a man find his purpose. So I think Phoebe should I'm go sorry. first. Which one do you find most problematic? The, the <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um no, the rape victim one. Um I am a very sensitive person. I can't do rape scenes at all for any reason, hands down. If it's got a rape scene, I'm out. Um so that alone makes me crazy. And then the whole oh, we have to do this in order for me to actually inspire some sort of action like you can there we can inspire action by doing some other things please like and it's only ever it's called writing it's called writing yeah and it's only ever women who (laughs) get raped and it's only like it's this i just don't like it it's just not no (laughs) there's so many other things you could do instead of this yeah absolutely rebecca how about you Uh, Yeah, I'm going to definitely go with rape victim who inspires action because it's like, okay, so that's the only reason that you want to protect women is because somebody in your life was raped. That's kind of messed up. Um, And then I think my, I mean, they're all bad. They're all pretty Mm -hmm. bad. Oh, yeah. But I I think (laughs) they all got to go. But I think, too, as like a, as a career woman, the cold careerist, come on, let's give that a rest because it's always like, oh, she's so, you know, into her work. She could never find love. And then she somehow always finds love. So it's kind of like, well, I guess she's just because someone's into their career doesn't mean they don't have a soul or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. They, they just haven't found the right one yet. And they're going to, of course, it's going to be like Matthew McConaughey or somebody. <laughs> of course. I love him, but I love Matthew McConaughey, nothing against him. But, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, I feel like those are the kind of movies, like if I see more of those, like any more of those kind of trailers, I, or if I do see that kind of movie trailer, and a friend is like, hey, let's see this movie. It's like, uh, I would rather pay money to see something else, but thanks. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's almost the the main cliche that's starting to give rom-coms a bad name. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's that tired, like, she's got to find love and then she'll be complete. Right. No. Or she's biological clock <laughs> is ticking. How is she going to have you reverse, and be, Yeah, and have, like, the full yeah, life. If you reverse Ugh. how that sounds, his biological clock is ticking, you will understand how ridiculous that is. <laughs> if you just reverse Right, like roles. any of these. Right. Yeah, if any of these you flip it and it's like a man in that situation, it's a totally different movie and it's totally yeah. Yeah, totally and people different. think it looks. If it sounds crazy. wrong when it's reversed, then it's wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like we see career-driven men all the time, and it's never oh he's never gonna <laughs> find love. Oh no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine's the same one, so. How about this? I'll add one to the list, which I mean, I'm sure there's more. But here's the one that drives me nuts right now. I call her the plotted, the 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 potted plant. If you can have a movie character who is female and replace her with a house plant, and the plot doesn't change, that character needs to go. And that is very yeah. commonly the female in teen-driven movies. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. So those wow. ones drive me nuts. <laughs> yes. So they're That's that's a great test. That's really sad, but Isn't it though? Great. Yeah, yeah. It happens a little too often. It's very close to the plucky girl child who helps a man find his purpose. Yeah. It's it's really close mm. to that one. Um but this is, you know, we're going to do it for her. It's the, she's a house plant. It doesn't matter. She has no feelings. She's here to motivate you to do something. She has no backstory. She has no character development. She could disappear and the story wouldn't change. <laughs> and I don't like oh. that. I don't cuz to me that's lazy writing. Like that character shouldn't yeah. exist regardless of whose gender it is. Right. Right. That my soapbox I shall now get off of it. Thank you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> No, you can you can stay on it. You can stay on it because we're we're we are just going to vent our way through this article. We're going to change um, filmmaking as it as it exists right now. That's our goal. That is our goal. Um, so obviously they're all horrible, and I I know we all agree on that. And it's like trying to pick one. I I feel like having to look at this and go, okay, well, who's the least offensive? Um. Well, you know, wife on the phone and the cold careers, they're a little less offensive. They're they're super boring mm-hmm. because it's like, yeah, we, we know we know this deal. Mm-hmm. But all all of the ones that involve sex, sexual conquest, the rape victim, the plucky child girl is super creepy because you know that has that It's still that, about sex. That yes, mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. very dangerously bordering on super super inappropriate if not illegal yes. you know um those are those three i'd like want to just ball all of them up and make them one big horrible bad no 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 right like they're just they they're all just they why? don't get my money like, basically i kind of if yeah. i see it in a trailer it's like guess what i'm not seeing in the theater guess what i'm not paying ever to see <laughs> right that movie right right <laughs> yep and it's it's funny because I um I I will say right here and now I have never seen Taxi Driver. Oh, oh interesting. And I know that it's what? yeah I I know that it's like a really big deal of a film, but I've honestly never seen it just simply off the fact that I couldn't understand when I would see photos of Jodie Foster as a young girl. Right, it was Jodie Foster, correct? Yeah, teen yeah. I was always like. Yeah. 
yeah, I was like, well, this looks like a really creepy relationship character role. And I honestly just never watched it because of that. I was just like, this doesn't look like my cup of tea. Like, I don't think I would be into it. Um, this will um, drive you nuts then. You ready for this? I had to watch it in film school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why I watched it, too. I didn't go to film school, but Uh I knew it was a film school requirement, so I did watch it, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We didn't watch Alice. We didn't learn about Alice's movies. But we watched watched Taxi Driver. Driver, Required. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's messed up. Yep. I would have never wow. chosen to watch. I watched that and Birth of a Nation, and I would have never, ever Ooh, watched it either of those two movies on my own, regardless of what list they are on. But that's just me. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, but see, I like Taxi okay. Driver. I'm sorry. So There's something wrong with me. Or... I don't know. I don't see. I must Leah, have. What did you say? Oh, what sorry. What did you say, Rebecca? No, it's okay. I said I like Taxi Driver. I mean, I must have blocked out that part. No, did you say that you did you say that, that you like Taxi Driver? Is that what you said? I missed it. Yeah. Yeah, I've watched it a couple mm-hmm. times after first seeing it. I mean, I think I mean, it's definitely like some toxic masculinity going on in that. There movie. is. Yeah. There's a there lot was you a can strange... unpack on it and learn from yeah. it. Yeah. There was a strange yeah, thing but that I think liked like the, about like the it, acting is yeah. Yeah, like the acting is really good. I mean, and um and what's her name? Uh, Sybil Shepherd is really good as like the woman who keeps like telling him to leave her alone, even though he's trying to get a date with her. Right. So I think there's more going on in it than just totally, yeah, the, the whole Jodie Foster stuff. But I also respect that if you don't ever want to watch it, I'm not going to be like, no, you have to watch it, right? Movie. Exactly, because <laughs> there's so many other movies out there that you would be better off watching than, yeah, yeah. 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 And and honestly, for me, it 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 was just like the only real example I could think of off the top of my head of that plucky child girl where like your immediate reaction is like, ooh, uh, ew. And she was I think she actually was like the age of the character or something like that when they shot the movie. I think so. Yeah. I think that made it even creep. That makes it even creepier because it's just like too real. But then I yes but, it does. But then remember the movie The Professional, or it was called Leon yeah. the Professional. It had um, with Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. That's right? what I was I remember trying seeing to think the of, trailer, yeah. and I go, I really hope this movie doesn't get creepy. I hope it stays father daughter. I hope it stays father daughter. Right. But there was always that, you know what I mean? There's always like, an I, underlining I, thing. Yeah. It felt like it was a Hitchcock bomb underneath of a it you did. know what I mean a table ready yes. to go off. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, so you end up watching it with a certain amount of uneasiness because yes. there's expectations or there's this like certain amount of anxiety watching. It. It's like watching a thriller and being in suspense the whole time, but of something you don't want to see. Right. Well, not only that, but also like um, I didn't know when I saw the professional, I didn't know who Luke Besson was. Like, I didn't know if I liked this guy yet as a director. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So mm-hmm. he, it, you know, nowadays I'd be like, oh, yeah, totally. He's, you know, female focused. He, he writes interesting characters. He has some mess ups, but he has some really, you know, go for it. Lilu Dallas multipass. So he's trying very, very hard. Give him a chance. Um, but I didn't know that at the time and I probably had watched Taxi Driver in film school not too soon, you know, right around that same time. So it's like, does this go Taxi Driver or does this? Ah. Ah. (laughs) So sometimes Mm -hmm. one film can influence the possibility or the fear of another one. You know what I mean? Like sometimes they bounce off each other. 
So mm-hmm. where if you're Scorsese, Scorsese, and you're in a Scorsese mood, and then you're watching Taxi Driver, you're watching it in a different way if you're watching it to compare Scorsese movies together because they are mm-hmm. interesting in how they talk about character. Sorry, now I went all right. film school on it. <laughs> yeah, <Sorry>. you did. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. That's why we have you here. This is great. So can anyone think of any other stereotypes that aren't listed here that you find also equally annoying, if not more? I did my potted plant. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, <laughs> potted plant. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I have one. Um I was thinking it's certainly not nearly as offensive as the ones we've discussed, but I was thinking of the sidekick, the mm, the yes. gal friend that, yes. you know, she's there to make the, you know, prettier, thinner, you know, skinnier girl get her love interest or, you know, the one that helps her work at the newspaper. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. um, she's always the one that's, uh, you know, she's never quite meeting the Hollywood beauty standards. So she's more the comic relief right. and she never gets a date or she's always just, you know, the goofball or she doesn't ever act together. Those always kind of <laughs> drive me nuts too. Yeah. Cause they just, always have to make it like she's super, you know, a hot mess. So we can see just how awesome the lead girl is and why she's so deserving of a guy. Of course. <laughs> she I mean, completes her. And that, yes. that one kind of, that kind of reminds me of the whole trope of like the girl who's like a, she's all that kind of movies where it's like, Oh, she took yes. off her glasses and took out her ponytail holder. <laughs> oh, look how beautiful she is. I call it the I feel Clark like that's, Kent scenario. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. We'll call it the Clark Kent scenario. <laughs> But lady style, because it's just like, <laughs> She's why do they? When she takes off her glasses. Yeah, it's like, wait, so that's what makes, okay, I guess that's, mm-hmm. like, that does it for you. But that seemed to be like a big deal. And like, I, I don't know that I see it, like, it's not as obvious, but it seems like there's always movies that have like some sort of makeover. I guess the heat had that too, in a way. But it did, it's just, yeah. But there's a yeah. way you can do it. But I think that's like a different. Fun of it, though. Yeah, they're making, they're totally making fun of it where she's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you need to show off your legs. And then she has like spanks on under her pants. (laughs) What are you scared? Because who doesn't pop out? (laughs) Yeah, because who doesn't wear their spanks under their pants? I mean, come on. I mean, I'm just kidding. I totally don't wear spanks under my pants. But I just think like, yeah, like just seeing the, yeah, you have to have a makeover or else you're not beautiful. And there are so many movies that I, those are the kind of movies like I just won't if I know that that's going to be a huge plot point I mean I'm sure when I was in high school it didn't bother me as much but I feel like that just yeah that maybe would be the one I'd add to this list mm-hmm. yeah I did think of good choice I did think of one more um it's being the only woman in the room oh that yeah, one's starting yes. to really irritate oh, yeah. me yeah. um there are so many movies where it's a really I would say it's a great female mm. character I love the female yeah. character I mean, the latter half of Wonder Woman, I can even say, is that same thing. She is one woman in a group of five other guys, yeah. but she's Wonder Woman, but it's the lone woman. You know, yeah. there there can be only one. I mean, it's not the Highlander <laughs> yeah. situation. Not. We're not. And we're women, not no other women. And we don't need to separate. It's not like divide and conquer yeah. when it comes to women. Like, don't get them together. Oh, my gosh. Then we'll have to write a scene where they talk to each oh, other. Oh, no. We might uh, actually terrible. do something terrible. productive if we get together. We can't right. have that. <laughs> so the, we'll the lone woman. That we need some. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. That one That one bugs me. It's like women don't have other friends. They, you know, they only hang around guys. Right. Uh, which <laughs> explains my childhood. <laughs> oh, <aw. laughs> No, mine too, in fact. Um, 
one big one uh, that stands out to me is like if the woman in the film is their only purpose is to be the girlfriend. If they're just the girlfriend yeah. and don't add other plot points, like this is kind of like the potted plant, but even even more so. Like she adds to the story, but she's just there as a girlfriend or a wife or something. I'm just like. Yeah, no, I'm done. <laughs> just really, right. you couldn't give, you couldn't even give half a woman to this film, really. <laughs> yeah, get a background, a character. If they, if the character doesn't perform or doesn't move the plot forward, why are they even there? Exactly. <laughs> if you're just the girlfriend, then you need to go. <laughs> well, I think this discussion is going to go really well with our final discussion. So now we're going to talk about, these are two different tests, basically, or one is a test and one is sort of an analysis. Uh, The first one is the Bechtel test. And the second is a project from pudding.com, which was um, Mm -hmm. called film dialogue broken down by gender and age. So I kind of am am grouping both of these together for a reason. Uh, the first is because the Bechtel test is, uh, it's also known as the Bechtel rule. It's basically a simple test, which follows the three, three criteria. One, it has to have at least two women in it. Two, they have to talk to each other. And three, it has to be about something besides a man. That's it. That's the whole criteria. And it, doesn't have to be the whole film Mm -hmm. it only has i mean just one scene is sufficient for this and this test was popularized by cartoonist allison bechtel's comic dykes to watch out for in a 1985 strip called the rule now conversely pudding.com did this analysis and they said that it was born out of the less than stellar response to their analysis of films that fail the Bechtel test. Mm-hmm. Commenters were quick to point out that the Bechtel test is flawed and there's justifiable reasons for films to fail. For example, they may be a historic war film. Now, by measuring dialogue, they have a much more objective view of gender in film. So I first want to ask, has everyone heard of the Bechtel test before? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yes. Is anyone familiar with this? Yeah. Everyone is. Awesome. I wasn't. Oh, this is new to me. oh yeah. welcome. It's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Sorry to bring you into the fold. You'll never be able to watch a movie the same way again. Sorry. So, so Leah yeah. and Phoebe, I'm curious, with your directing experience, is this a test that you reference in any way for your work, good or bad? I do every time. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep, same here. I do every time. I, um, Admittedly, I tend to forget to uh, think of it until the end of a script. And I'm like, oh, shoot, does this pass it? Does, like, I need to pass the Bechdel test. Like, I need to at least pass this thing. Because it's not perfect, but it at least makes you think about it. It's at least a guide. I kind of use it where I'm writing out the characters and a lot of times, you know, my initial characters are, you know, female characters. That was my niche was I write strong female characters and strong female characters have friends. And so I knew it was just always going to happen. 
But when I would go through um, rewrites and polishing, I would do two things. I would use um, the Hero's Journey, which is a Joseph Campbell story structure of mythic storytelling. Um, and I would look for the Bechdel test. Absolutely. Those were my litmus tests, basically, because a lot of times if I didn't have that, then I wasn't doing the thing I wanted to do in the first place. Yeah, that makes so, sense. They were a double check. Okay. So can anyone recall a standout film that passes the test, a, a favorite of yours? The first act of Wonder Woman is a standout. It is an all-female island. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's a, I mean, that's the whole movie passes, but obviously, like, forward, yeah. I'm talking the first 45 minutes of Wonder Woman. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I, I recently um, saw Moana for the first Yay! time, maybe in the last six yes. months and that was one like i i think I, I don't know if i was looking things up about it or mm. some or there's just like a thought piece about bechdel test or whatever but that was one that i was like okay this is one that where it makes sense because it's like between moana and her grandmother or moana yeah. and her mom mm. or other female characters in this movie where they're i guess it shouldn't be like i shouldn't say obviously they're not going to talk about guys but because she's a little kid like not little but she's a kid and she's learning about her ancestry and how to be this big, brave, you know, character. Um, so that's one, but I feel like that's why I kind of think the test is problematic. It's like there's so many good movies that are very women centric, but may not necessarily pass the test for whatever reason. And I think that just kind of does everything, like everybody a disservice to be like, well, this one doesn't pass just because whatever, you know, for some reason that, just, yeah, like the female characters just don't talk to each other about not guys or whatever, you know, right. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Or like ones that and do pass the test. It's like, ugh, why? And it's something <laughs> that I hear a lot because I will go into um, colleges and I'll go into schools and talk about the Bechtel test. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm I'm always kind of met with, so why does this test make my movie any better? And it's like, well, it doesn't. Right. <laughs> right. And how does this Good movie question. make it any more feminist? And it's like, it doesn't. No. <laughs> but at the same what time. What it is, yeah. is like a bare minimum right. of yeah. what I want my daughters to see. And that's always yeah. what I go to, where it's like, yes, the test is flawed because it should be longer. It should have a time limit or it should be more of a conversation right. or it should be right. a full scene or right. it should have more parameters. But when still more than 50% of the best picture nominations fail this test, mm, we yeah. haven't even reached the minimum bar. Right. So yeah. I'd like to go there before we fix the test. I completely <laughs> yeah. agree. No, like, I agree. I agree. And that's yeah. the only reason why I defend it so much. It's like, we can't even do this, guys. Like yeah. this, this. Yeah, this is a very <laughs> simple test. Like it don't, it can be one line of dialogue between two women and that's it. It can pass the test. But at least the Bechdel test is getting us thinking about it. It's like, okay, so yeah, yeah. It, it, like for me, I didn't realize how influenced I was about just the male-centered society we live in. It's like, okay, I started writing and all my characters started out as guys and I wasn't even thinking about it just because, I don't know, I wasn't very structured when I first started. I was just like, oh naturally it's a guy you know and then i you write what you know you write what you see exactly. you write what you is mirrored back at you right yeah. and even when i wrote the main character as a female i was like oh naturally she has four guy friends 
It's like, no, that's just what I see in movies all the time. So the Bechdel test at least is like, okay, she has girlfriends. She has, like, look at my actual life and not what media is saying it exists. Like, what is, right. you know, it gets you at least yes. thinking about all of this. Yeah, I mean, it It seems like it's it's a really low bar oh, yeah. the lowest oh, yeah. set. Yes. Like, the most basic <laughs> standard. And... I my initial reaction researching the Bechtel test was, wow, this is so sad. Like how many films that, you know, even in the title, you would be like, oh, yeah, I'm sure this will be fine. This will pass. And it's like, wait, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Mm -hmm. Like it it shocked me how such a simple thing with very, very little requirements. I mean, like we were saying, like there's no time requirement. It right. could be it could be two seconds. It's you know? one sentence um, or two words, you know. Yeah. How you doing? And, and to think. <laughs> yeah. And to think they don't pass. How that. you doing now? On the mm -hmm. how you doing? <laughs> Wait, but no. Uh... <laughs> nice weather we're having today. Right. Not about a dude. Yeah. <laughs> and on the other hand, though, there's obviously a lot of people that are arguing this is a flawed test. Mm -hmm. This isn't. This isn't an accurate mm -hmm. way to judge a film. Now, right off. Right off the bat, my my thought goes to okay, like I could see like a World War II film centered around soldiers. Yeah, there's not going to be women having conversations. Obviously, um, maybe you might have like a nurse in a scene having a conversation with another nurse or something. And they might not have names. Yeah, uh, yeah, most likely, <laughs> most likely, nurse. right? Nurse one, yeah. nurse two. <laughs> yeah, basically, nurse on the beach. <laughs> and. So I, I'm I'm curious if if is everyone kind of feeling on the fence because that's how I'm feeling. I feel like it, it's a good way to judge things, but it's also like you kind of take it with a grain of salt. It, it's not something we can put a ton of weight into, depending on the story that that is being well, filmed. In one in one hand, yeah, and on the other hand, I think it's important that we have the Bechdel test still because if you look on the grand scheme of all like the Hollywood pictures there's not a whole lot of good reasons for them to fail the Bechtel test you what you suggested or what your scenario that's a good reason to fail it that's fine whatever but the fact is that there's not there's tons of movies out there that have no reason to fail it at all so I think that's why it's important that we have it I I mean it's not it's n not a judgment of oh it doesn't pass the Bechdel test, so it's not a good movie. That's not what we're saying at all. That's not, that's, at least that's not what I'm saying. But I'm, there's, and there's no test that can determine that too. That's true. It's personal. Exactly. Movies are supposed to be personal. Exactly. Right. But what we are saying is the Bechdel test is important because there's literally no reason why these movies should be failing something so simple as to have two females when there's dozens and dozens and dozens of male characters in all of these movies. Yeah, absolutely. And I also was thinking of what about films that do pass the test, but still aren't really doing a whole lot to break the other stereotypical film roles that women are thrust into. And I actually thought of one. Um, it's the sweetest thing. 
with Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, I don't think I've seen that one, but I remember Video Store. I remember the cover <laughs> yes. box. It's it's her and her and Christina Applegate. I remember it because it's one of those really like funny, entertaining, nothing more than that. There's literally just no storyline. It, it's like, uh, it's on TV. If there's yeah. nothing else on, it's like, ah, oh, this is cute. It's fluffy. You know? It's fluffy. It'll, right. yeah, Harmless. Like, yeah. if, like if you're having a bad day, you could just watch that and maybe just keep your mind off of things. It, it's nothing that's going to like make you feel like a better person by the time you're done watching right. it. I call them popcorn but, movies. Yeah. Yes, yeah. totally a popcorn movie. Absolutely. But what's interesting about it is there are several scenes that pass the test. Several. And yet, this movie, the whole thing is just a woman trying to finally connect with some guy and even like crashing the guy's brother's wedding. And she's not happy until the end when she gets the guy. That's the whole story. Right. I mean, it's as it's as vapid as you could get of a story. And yet it does pass the test many, many times over because you have these three friends who are having all different types of conversations. And I just I got a kick out of that because I think uh, I appreciate the Bechtel test for what it is, which it's 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 making a point mm-hmm. like we're just asking for bare minimum. Right. Yes. It doesn't even it doesn't have to be a good yeah. movie. It doesn't have to be it doesn't make it bad if it if it fails. It doesn't make it great if it passes. But I, I liked thinking about examples of of films like that where they're not really doing women any favors with the role. However and yet they did still manage to exactly, pass. Exactly. But at the, at <laughs> yeah. the same time, how many movies that are centered around guys that are just popcorn movies and fluff like that there's a whole lot more than just that one that you thought of absolutely and that are problematic for toxic masculinity right exactly (laughs) so like not everything has to be ultra feminist or ultra this or ultra that it's just like okay we at least have something to throw into the pot of yeah we have that one movie versus the guys have a hundred we have one in a hundred you know so it's like it's popcorn fluff, but it still helps us because at least we're in there, you know? I remember defending mm. the movie Sucker Punch. Now, Sucker Punch has a lot of horrible in it. Um, but I remember defending it, and the way that I defended it was to my husband and actually also to my dad saying, you guys have RoboCop. Mm-hmm. You guys have Predator. Yep. You have mm, Turn Them yeah. Off. It's stupid. We're fighting. Ra ra ra. Exactly. We got Sucker Punch. We got girls kicking butt. Exactly. We get one. We get one. <laughs> exactly. You know, so it's terrible, but so is yours. Yeah. So this is mine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll defend it, but I will also criticize it. And also it passes Hero's Journey. So, you know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yep yeah mm-hmm. and i i think that one of the the best things that comes out of this test is just that it opens up conversation it opens up the dialogue it it allows us to question and pay more attention to this i uh, i think for someone like me it's very easy to just be so used to seeing like crap conversations between women mm-hmm that I never even gave it a thought. So whether people feel that this test is amazing or it's flawed and it's unfair, wherever you stand, you can't deny that it's bringing about awareness, good conversation. Yeah. It's yeah. And, and, and it's making people more aware. 
And I think it's a, it's a good gauge, especially for um, parents, you know, and, and guardians who want to have good, a good way to judge a film for a young girl to watch. Right. Um, I, I, I can't believe I'm going to bring up the same film again. And I swear I'm not trying to start a new round of bingo. <laughs> yes, you are. We, um, we know. What is but, the next um, place on the bingo board? <laughs> yeah, what? But um, the Babysitter's Club. The Babysitter's yes, Club the one is I'm, now on the yes, board, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes. The one I mentioned earlier um, is a phenomenal example of a film mm. that passes the Bechdel test and also is really sweet and has great a great friendship story also which is why i mentioned it about our female friendship centered right. films um and i think what i loved about that one especially is you've got young girls at an age when most like you know cable tv type films with young girls would be all about boys in high school and stuff and they're running a business mm-hmm. they're talking about budgets they're talking about family dynamics and responsibilities health issues one of them has diabetes mm-hmm. and the boys are a back burner issue mm-hmm. for them yeah you mean like it's normal not their main life? issue you mean like the yeah. basically the 90% of our day to day yeah basically <laughs> right and and when the girls do get the guy it's not the end scene. Yeah. It's not the, okay, yeah. now they got the guy. The movie's over. The end. It's like, oh, she got the guy. And now we're moving on because we have something else to, to do. And, um, yeah, I feel so silly that this film has just kept coming up today. But it did. I've been <laughs> it works. singing the theme song all day, too, as a result. Um, <laughs> I have to go watch that. But, um, but yeah, I, I appreciate that this test has now given me a new standard basically to evaluate films on yeah. which I never would have considered before. It is a framework and there are pluses and minuses with every framework. And what somebody um has brought up before to me is how this test is also um it might have been inspired by uh Virginia Woolf. Um Virgi- Hello? Are, I lost I you guys. Too. I was I scared to talk too. though. Okay, okay good. just keep recording. Oh, don't, gotcha. yeah, don't, oh, yeah, don't stop working. your, don't stop audacity. Just let it keep going. Oh, gotcha. There I we just, go. Uh, now we okay. see you now. <laughs> I, everybody does. Leah, yes, am I back yet? Leah, yeah, you were getting ready to talk. Oh yeah, and then I just, I heard nothing. <laughs> so if, if you and want, we'll like, just take a pause for a second, and then you can start again. Go for it. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Another thing that actually has been brought up uh, to me when it comes to the Bechdel test as a framework, as a way of thinking of it, that this is cyclical. Uh, This is talking about it in movies because there was a 1929 essay by Virginia Woolf where she observed that literature was mostly about women, about mothers and daughters, or about uh, women talking about the other sex, talking about men. And Virginia Woolf was notating that it's a very small part of a woman's life, and we're not learning how women have healthy friendships. And so the importance of showcasing complicated friendships is very important to anybody who's wanting to know about female friendships 
<laughs> men and women, young and old. So, um, so I kind of think of it in terms of that, because if they have names and they're not talking about men, then I really hope that they're going to teach me something about friendship. Totally. And that's what I hope. Um, where they just say, oh, I love your nail polish, and it passes the Bechdel test. It's like, yeah, well, it passes, but it's not blowing me away. So that's that's another way to think of it, if that helps. I love that. That's That's a great example, and that's actually now got me thinking of, like, another bit of criteria that we could add to that, which would be, is the conversation catty? And I say that in quotations. Right. You know? um, is it meant to bring because- the other one down? Right. Because you're mentioning actual friendships. Most of the time, the women are pitted against each other. Right. And it passes the and test, unfortunately. Exactly. Right. So you could have two women fighting over a position in, in you know, whatever magazine, you know, corporate office they're all working yeah, in. Yeah, the, the always, Devil every, Wears every Prada. Film, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And how, how to Lose a Guy in 10 right. Days. They all work mm-hmm. in a magazine or building, like you know. going on 30 um, years. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah, a shame exactly. there's That's no movies. Back to, it is the bare minimum. <laughs> right. Right. But wouldn't It'd that be great? be great if that could also be another standard? Right. Like, okay, so they passed the Bechdel test. They had a conversation. But was it because they are at each other's throats fighting for a job? Right. You know, yes. Like, are, are they are they um, are they fighting with each other because they're trying to win the man? Mm-hmm. They may not be talking about the man, but maybe they're still having that sort of conversation. Um, it really gets you thinking. It does. It really does. It really does. And it, it's just another way to digest the media that uh, comes at you. And it's a way to help screen out like we get there's so many trailers nowadays. It helps screen out movies really fast what you're going to choose to see and not see. <laughs> absolutely (laughs) yep because generally if it doesn't pass in the trailer (laughs) just saying yeah absolutely i know although these days the trailers either show not enough or basically the whole movie and you're like oh good now i don't have to go see it (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) so you never know what you're getting (laughs) okay well i want to just ask one final question before we wrap up here if you could have any job in the film industry, what would it be? And while I know we have two directors here, you don't have to answer director. You could answer some other job in in the industry that you'd like to explore. Uh, Phoebe, would you like to go first? Um, sure. Well, directing is my number one choice. Um, it would be really cool to have more than my friends and family take me seriously as a director. That'd be cool. Um <laughs> <laughs> I take you seriously. I know, but I'm but friends you're and friends family. And family. It. It's fine. <laughs> I am. You're both Damn. friends and family. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's interesting. This one's very difficult for me because what I do is dip my hands in every aspect of filming. So, um, in my eyes, I kind of do a little bit of everything already. Um, set dressing would be cool, even though I'm not really capable of building things. It would be pretty cool to, um, like you said, create a world and pick the paint colors and build a set out of nothing. That would be, that would be a really interesting thing to get into and be able to direct and then also get my hands on it and build it from scratch. That would be pretty cool. Nice. Uh, how about you, Rebecca? 
So I feel like in this, I'm kind of an all or nothing kind of <laughs> kind of answer. So I'd either be like something kind of small and sort of unconsequential, like a cat wrangler, or I don't know. Some, oh. We some need sort you. Of, we need some sort of silly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like something where it's like your whole job is just like you have one thing and you focus on it. But then I'm also like definitely intrigued by being a director and having just control over a set and having control over every aspect of what's going or at least you know you're supposed to have control or some sort of sense it's of the of it's the illusion on. of it's control you, do really, yeah, you would do really good at it though you would right. like you'd I'd, like it so i'd be yeah being like a taskmaster versus being just the cat wrangler so probably <laughs> one one or <laughs> one or one or one or uh one or both of those things nice how about you, Leah? Uh, well, since I retired, it would be really hard because I really don't want it to suck me back in. Um, <laughs> so I'd actually say um, teach and I'd be very specific oh, about it. Yeah. I love um, uh, mythic storytelling and how to dissect a movie that is um, a whole bunch of pictures put together really, really fast uh, with sound and special effects um, <laughs> of how these movies can teach you how to live a human life and how it's symbolic in its structure and in its visuals and how all of those potentially mean something. And if the filmmaker sucks and they don't mean anything, then you give it meaning. You find it. Uh, on your own because you need to so I mean I'm slowly working on a book that might do this <laughs> but it's really slow and the book's called I Blame Lucas so we'll see <laughs> I love that awesome. we'll see if it are, happens <laughs> are you gonna mention fanboys in that book there are no fanboys actually I guess that would be me I would be the fanboy in the oh. book <laughs> does okay. it mention it yeah yeah it does <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Well, what I liked about your answer is you do teach already. I do. It would be the doing it more um, consciously. Yeah. I do it accidentally, I think is what yeah. it is now. <laughs> well, I learn from you all the time. Oh, thank so. you. Yep. Yeah, if you start <laughs> a school, Leah, yeah, like we're going to have to work together on that because that sounds pretty awesome. Okay, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. I think I would have to say that... Um, Oh, this is going to be such an obvious one, but I would want to be in front of the screen. I would Yay. want to be an actor it. in Yay. film. <laughs> I mean, when I was when I was very, very young, I was like, I'm going to run away to Hollywood and I'm going to get a talent agent and I'm going to be an actor and I'm going to win an Oscar one day. And then I went to college instead and that didn't happen. <laughs> you know, it happens. <laughs> but um, but if I couldn't be an actor, I actually would like to be a casting director. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's there's something about, um, you know, as as much as when I was acting in theater, there's, of course, a tremendous amount of competition. I still always was able to, during auditions, kind of watch other people and observe them and be like, this person will be so good in this role. Ah. This person would be so good for this. I always felt like I had a really good eye for for catching people's talents or or. or or the roles that would be great for them. Or I, I, I see actors now on TV and I'm like, that person looks perfect for this. This person should play this role. This person, that's a person good play skill that to have because you can see a person beyond what they're doing right that moment. You're seeing the potential of a person and that's, that's a, that's a skill. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know if it helps having the acting experience to bring to that, but mm -hmm. that's just one of those things that I thought would be fun because 
uh, auditioning is the most terrifying thing in life. And to get to have the the break of being on the other side of the table and just chilling out and trying to help people feel calm and be like, (laughs) I'm here to, to help make your dreams come true and find new talent and all that. That just sounds exciting. It is. I actually took, (laughs) uh, when I knew I wanted to be a director, I took an improv class so I could understand actors better. Um, I didn't want to be an actor. I just wanted to have empathy and understanding. So I put myself in the hardest role, which is I did an improv class where we had, I can't remember what it was, six weeks. And then we had to do a live performance in front of our friends and family and anybody who paid. And it was nerve wracking. It was like being naked on stage. So I did like the worst one. So when my actors would come in to audition for me, I made sure that they felt at home and that they got another try and that, you know, they knew that this job sucks. (laughs) 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 And that one day it may go one way and the next day it might go completely another way. So, you know, to not let it break you to just audition again and again and again. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I recall, um, I cannot remember her name. I think it's, jenna fisher um the actress who played pam on the office that is correct yes yeah i think she wrote a book recently about like the actor's life and i think she said something like for every one job you have to go on like 50 auditions at least in Hollywood. that sounds about right yeah yeah i think that i think that was the number uh she was talking about like you know motivating people to not give up and feel let down like you have to do 50 to get that one yes Mm -hmm. yep yeah absolutely Put in the work. It sucks, but do it. (laughs) If it's what you're good at, it's what your passion is. Do it. Exactly. Inspiring words. Well, ladies, thank you so much for being here today. This was a lot of fun. And I'm I'm really happy we got to cover all this content. I mean, certainly just the tip of the iceberg, but uh, lots of good stuff. So, uh, Leah, can you share where people can find you and if you have anything exciting coming up you want to talk about yeah awesome place to find me is on twitter i am at dr leah leach um l-e-a-c-h i know it could be double e's and it just isn't (laughs) uh coming up on september 29th if you are in the indianapolis area gals guide is hosting a directed by women celebration tickets are free we're having jamie lee uh who has worked on pirates of the caribbean and chicago fire she's coming we're doing a filmmaking 101 class having a silent auction all this awesome stuff it's all at galsguide.org it'll be tons of fun fantastic phoebe um well i'm on facebook at phoebe freer and also i have the production company elephant trunk films so that's on facebook and twitter and instagram and all that crap um and yeah so we're wrapping up your gal friday um in a couple weeks so this week and then next week and then I might be starting another podcast in a couple months. So, yeah. So stay tuned for that. That would be awesome if you guys wanted to uh, keep an eye out for that. It's going to be talking about poetry and classic literature and stuff like that. So, Ooh, lovely. Awesome. How about you, Rebecca? So my social stuff is pretty private but you can if you want to search me out you can find me at my first and last name it's all there and then my twitter handle is rj burf v-e-r-f um and i'm still working on my website for my law firm and i've got some of that kind of stuff and i've got a couple 
If you Google my name, you'll find articles I've written about various topics about stuff and things. Like me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've written about Leah. And, yeah. And, like, and Ga- that you did just do a roller derby. Oh, yeah. I just you. did the roller derby interview that I haven't listened to it I, yet. I listened to part of it today. Lisa's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's long and rambly, but yeah, it's, it's me. And then nope, um, it was awesome. It's all and good. I did, <laughs> and I did write about Gal's Guide. When was that, Leah? Like a year ago? A year and a half ago? I think maybe? so. Yeah. Uh, March of 17, something like that, for Nuvo Magazine in Indianapolis. So, you, yeah, if you Google me and Nuvo and Gal's Guide, you'll, you should find, I think it's called like Herstory Detectives or something. Like that was the yeah. line. So, you, you should find that. If you covered want. the launch of Your Gal Friday. Yeah. Oh, that's Aww. right. That was awesome. you. Thank you. <laughs> that was Rebecca. Hi. Yes. That was me. <laughs> Thank you. I was so excited about we that. <laughs> I was like, this is the coolest thing Anything ever. Anything to cover some gals doing some gal stuff. That's, that's I'm your gal. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Geek Chic Lisa. And we would love to hear from you listeners. Let us know your favorite film pioneer using the hashtag MovieGals. For all the articles and podcasts discussed today, please visit galsguide.org. And until next time, thanks for listening. For more exploration, including show notes and links, visit galsguide.org. Add your voice to the discussion on Twitter at galsguidegalaxy. Support our mission by becoming one of our Patreon members. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Gal's Guide to the Galaxy. Thank you for listening. Returning you to Earth in 3, 2, 1...